0: Every notice has in the truth. No, I ain't into hiding
1: the truth. All right, season nine. Of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. I feel like this should be season 10 just because of how epic this is going to be. Right? I mean, I'm not saying that I think our podcast is going to be epic, but I can't think of anything that is more... Evangelical media from the 80s and 90s, then DC Talk's album, Jesus Freak. Jesus
2: Freak from 1995. Decent Christian talk, you know, (laughs) giving us those sweet, sweet rock tunes. Um, I don't know. Everybody said it was a grunge album.
1: Uh Uh-huh. It was
2: grunge for Christians.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It,
2: like, has that 1995 Seattle coffee shop vibe though. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah.
1: I think. Right, yeah. Then you mix in some rap, like it is rap rock.
2: Is it rap rock?
1: I, I, technically.
2: You know what, to me there's nothing more boring than listening to people try and describe what genre of music a thing is, um, and we've already done that. But That hey. was
1: all that I did as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: before we dive into it, welcome everyone to season nine. We are going to be going through the 1995 album Jesus Freak by DC Talk, song by song. We are interviewing some really amazing people. But today you get Jess, Crispin and I, and we're going to be talking about not the first track,
1: which is coming soon. Yes. We are going to start with, you love saying that word,
2: the titular song. <laughs> okay. The, the actual song, Jesus Freak, because this is where I was, you know.
1: Right. We had to start there. This is my jam.
2: Can I set the scene yes, of what I was do. like in 1995? Okay. Yes. 1995. Little D.L. Mayfield, then known as Danielle Mayfield. <laughs> no, not Mayfield. <laughs> I'm not say my maiden name. I had bl- long blonde hair. I was homeschooled my whole life. Right around 11 years old is when I skipped seventh grade. Because when you're homeschooled, you can do s- shit like that. <laughs> Um, I had grown up in a family that was super religious. My dad was a p- pastor. Um, uh, I think I didn't actually hear Jesus Freak until we moved to Northern California. Um, and around that time, Jesus Freak was sort of like my entrance into like, wow, music, Christian music can be cool mm. and it can be very evangelistic. And that's mm-hmm. like two things that DC Talk were really into. And I loved rock out to this CD. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? And our family mm -hmm. car trips and all that stuff. Um, I saw DC Talk perform in Sacramento at the arena, whatever that arena is there, with Billy Graham. I think, I don't know. I must have been 12 when they Mm. came through. And, you know, they weren't my first concert. My first concert was Carmen when I was eight. But they were like a big deal. And I could kind of care less about Billy Graham which made me feel very guilty.
1: I thought you were going to say you could care less about Carmen.
2: No, Carmen.
1: Okay. I mean, We've I, talked about Carmen before.
2: I like have the heart of a theater kid. And so Carmen really got to me with his mm. theatrics. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Carmen was in like a cosmic battle, which is definitely how my mom raised me to believe the world was. We were in this, you know, my mom was living out a Carmen music video, like every day of her life. And like, Implanted to that end me. So that's like, that's the mindset I'm going into. And Then DC Talk comes out with this. I'm like, yes, I'm a Jesus freak. Like this gives language to who I am and how I never feel like I fit in. But mm-hmm. it's like, how did I know I didn't fit in? I didn't know anybody. All I knew was my family and like <laughs> Christians at church. So this is very funny that I'm like, but Jesus freak gave me this language for like, this is why I'm so different is I'm a Jesus freak. Freak for Jesus. <laughs> and then right after my sort of DC Talk phase is when I decided to become an evangelistic punk rocker. And I cut all my hair off and got really into MXPX and started a, an evangelistic punk band when I was 13 years old. And I played bass. Um, So DC Talk was like my gateway into that and showed me that you can be very evangelistic. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other thing I want to say is like...
1: Christians can be punks too. <laughs> yes. That's
2: what I said in our local newspaper when they interviewed our... <laughs> Little band. I was wearing a little choker, dog-chain choker. Um, Yeah, so that's like my introduction to Jesus Freak was yours.
1: I Yeah, I think I listened to it in like 97 or 98. I was late to the game. Yeah, you were. Um, But that's because I was, in 95, I was nine years old. So, you know, a little young Mm -hmm. to be rocking out. What I will say is this, is that... This song Jesus Freak, even though it brings back such like visceral memories now, it was not my favorite song at the time. I loved
2: On the album you mean?
1: Yeah. I loved all the like colored people and What If I Stumble, like all the things that were like on the Wow compilations that were like on K Love. And I think that's because I was nine years old when it came out. So I heard those songs. I didn't actually hear the i didn't hear jesus freak until later yeah. like i remember hearing other kids talk about it like it was like so wild and i was like oh i know these other songs but i don't know that like song. christian
2: kids were talking about how it was a wild yes. song
1: yes uh uh-huh, yeah wow
2: i mean that's, I mean, it, that's other so kids funny. in my christian
1: dance troupe oh
2: Crispin mayfield oh <laughs> this is why i love you this mm-hmm. is why i love you um yeah so I don't know like we have all season to sort of like unpack who DC Talk was like the cultural moments leading up to this I think for today I just wanted to talk a little bit about like the fact that they toured with Billy Graham Mm. with the Jesus Freak album like it's not an accident like do you know what their original name was it was something like DC Talk and the One Way Crew
1: (laughs) I did not know that. And it's funny,
2: like, what do you think... Oh, yeah, DC Talk the One Way Crew, okay? That was, like, after they graduated from Liberty University. So they met. Mm. That's another important thing. Mm-hmm. Toby Mac, Michael Tate, and Kevin Max all met at Liberty University. Michael Tate, who is the black member of the group, um, he was the one that, like, had the kind of the best musical voice, and he would, like perform gospel songs all over the place and he would bring Toby as his sound person and then like near the end of like singing these gospel songs that like old white people love to hear Michael would be like um i actually have a friend here who's running sound for me like and him and i've been working on some stuff like you you guys probably don't want to to hear that do you and then the crowd would be like yeah and then toby would get up and they do their weird rap stuff and then they added kevin eventually but they were like the darlings of jerry falwell okay Mm. the darlings of like the man who started the moral majority movement the man who was like responsible for so much of like the organizing of like the religious right to political mm. power. Okay, mm. so that's how this starts. DC Talk is the darling of these okay. people. Uh huh. DC Talk and the one-way crew.
1: When we watched the documentary about CCM, uh-huh. Jesus Music or whatever it's called, I was really struck by how many late-night appearances they had before Jesus Freak.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, it's interesting. They were trying really hard to break into the mainstream, and so, yeah, they went on Arsenio Hall, they went on The Tonight Show, they did all this stuff, like, DC Talk... When it came to this album, they were like, "We want to go mainstream,"
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they did it very like systematically, mm-hmm. um, which we'll come to when we come to the music video of the song "Jesus mm-hmm. Freak," which I just made you watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, I-, I would suggest pausing and going and watching the music video for "Jesus Freak" because it's wild. Okay, it is. Well, we'll wait I. For
1: just watched it because Danielle was like, you have to watch this before you mm-hmm. record. And I thought I was going to break down in tears. Well, we'll what? get into that in a minute. Tell but-
2: me. Okay, get into it.
1: <laughs> well, it just is just really upsetting. I feel like we need to set it up
2: first. Okay, okay. You, you describe it.
1: So basically, it's them in a prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, you prison know, r- rapping, singing, yeah, prison cell all together. Um, they have a lot of things with them for being in a prison, uh-huh. um, like a cross, a wooden uh-huh. cross, of course. Um, and, but then the rest of the, that's basically, you know, them just making lights of eye contact with the camera, singing, uh-huh. rapping. It's funny cause Toby Mac is like rapping in this very like nonchalant, like almost like he's just quietly talking. Uh, which is not how the music itself sounds, which cracked me up. Right, But then the rest of it is historical footage from the Holocaust, Uh from the civil rights movement. Um, I feel like there is some stuff in there from like communist Russia, right?
2: Yeah, so it's like this very 90s aesthetic, which is like all this like black and white footage of these things and like then – the DC talk members like looking really serious and intense, like in a prison cell and then the intense footage. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, they're singing about what will people think, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And I think just what made me want to cry is like, here is these really significant things in history. And they are equating that with Christians currently in America. Right. They are saying like, like, yeah, I mean there there's footage right of Jews being like rounded up and imprisoned. Well, I in, couldn't in quite tell what was going
2: on. I, I was like, are those Jewish people? Is this from the Holocaust? Like, are yes. these Christians somewhere? Like, it was so like all of these clips were really out of context.
1: Yes, it's so true. I mean, it's cre- it's wild because. They'll have, like, they had pictures of like burning books from the Holocaust, right? Yes. But then mean, they had like... pictures of burning churches. Yes. And then they had pictures of burning crosses. Yeah. And you're like, those actually all mean different, very different things. Yes. And it was Christians that were burning crosses.
2: Yeah. I'm like, if I had watched a video, which I don't think I did, um, I didn't get into music videos till like, later, you know? I think I would have been like, oh, yeah, these are all scenes of Christians being persecuted. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure I would have been like, oh, that was the Holocaust or that was Mm -hmm. whatever. And that is just so confusing because that's not what all the clips are. And like, if you understand what they are, you're like... Oh, yeah, that's an image of Nazis burning books, and the Nazis were Christians. Like, all of them were Mm -hmm. Christians. Like, what Mm -hmm. are we doing here? Why is this a part of it? So, I looked up...
1: Persecuting Jews, not persecuting Christians. Exactly.
2: I mean, they also persecuted some Christians, but, like, mostly it was, yeah, Jewish people. So, it's very confusing, and I'm just like, what is happening in this video? Because we know how this album and these people have been used since then... Which really casts a very upsetting light on the music video. And that's probably mm-hmm. where you're coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. But do you want me
2: to tell you about the director of the yes. music video?
1: Yes, please do.
2: Okay, so DC Talk wanted to go mainstream, right? And they were like, we're going to go grunge. We're going to capitalize on the Kurt mm-hmm. Cobain Nirvana thing. And so this guy had directed this music video for Nine Inch Nails. His name was Simon Maxwell, and he's like from New Zealand. And Nine Inch Nails, you know, was like, Right. Really intense, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that song "Hurt." I know it because Johnny Cash covered right. it. Uh-huh, yeah, but the original song "Hurt" like he made this music video that like took the world by storm, and mm. it was kind of that same format, like all these video clips. But most of it was like of death and decay, and like animals eating each other, and just like really
1: dark, dark, dark. Mm-hmm. You know, and people
2: loved it. And so, <laughs> DC Talk was like, "We want that guy." To do our video. because Do you think
1: DC Talk did it? Or do you think it was like the record label? They
2: reached out to him. And they were like, we want the Nine Inch Nails director guy of that really intense video that Mm. everybody freaking loves with all the black and white clips and the animals Mm -hmm. eating each other and like a snake attacking you and all this stuff and death and decay and blah 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 and they were like yeah we want to do it because everybody knows we're a christian band and you're like the least christian person
0: mm. and so
2: we want you to make the music video and so in an interview simon maxwell was talking about it he said like so we pitched i don't know if that means him and dc talk he says we pitched the idea of a hard-hitting video that used controversial images that questioned persecution and things like that And so the the was like and they were okay with that because some of the clips like are always positive about Christians. And he was like, yeah, they're up for it. And a part of the creative process, I sent them various stills and illustrations like the race riots in the States and the treatment of Jews during the German uprising. And the whole look of the video would be quite dark as opposed to colorful and bright and happy. And they were up for it. And the way I wanted the video to work, rather than making a statement on it, was just showing some provocative images and let you draw
1: your own conclusions.
2: (laughs) So Did he
1: know what sort of conclusions evangelical Christians would draw? I mean,
2: that's what's wild. Like, that's spoken like somebody who doesn't. I mean, again, he's not from the States.
0: Mm -hmm. He doesn't
2: get it. And he's like, this is kind of cool that these Christians are up for me putting these images in this video. Mm. And I think he did a few separate ones. He said he did one that was very intense and like huh. MTV refused to air it. Oh. And then he did a very tame one. And then the one that ended up airing all the time on MTV was like this in-between one that we just
0: hmm. saw
2: that anybody can see. And I'm just like, yeah, this is somebody who thought this would be very provocative and cause people to think. And that is not what ends up happening at all Mm -hmm. with this video or the rest of the paraphernalia that comes with the song jesus freak so jesus freak is not just the title of an album it's not just the title of a song it became this whole like cottage industry like in christian (laughs) bookstores you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like and it had its own aesthetic it's like it's supposed to look like an ancient book or an ancient manuscript and like all the books have these like tattered edges that made it look uh-huh. like an ancient manuscript being smuggled out of the middle east you know
1: right yeah do you remember all that uh-huh i mean yeah.
2: i was i just loved the aesthetic i was just like <laughs> the drama of it and tons of people already on social media reached out to me like remember the pages on the book i'm like yes mm-hmm. like of course i do and like so many books were sold the most famous one was this book that they put out a few years after the album came out it's called jesus freaks by DC Talk and the Voice of the Martyrs, and stories of those who stood for Jesus, the ultimate Jesus freaks. And it's just a book about martyrs mm. and people who um, you know, were willing to die for their fate.
1: Okay, so I haven't read this book. Which but... takes
2: a turn! If we're talking about going from this video that's supposed to be like, let's take some really complex ideas of persecution and how... People have been persecuted throughout the world and think about this idea of being a Jesus freak. Like, I think that director, I was trying to do something really interesting
1: Mm -hmm. and that is not at
2: all what ended up being communicated. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask, not having read the book, Uh what is this like, is this like historical martyrs throughout Christian history or is this like 20th century martyrs under like modern governments?
2: I mean, it's both. Okay. Both. And and we will have an entire episode dedicated to the book mm-hmm. because it definitely needs its own treatment. So we're not mm-hmm. really going to get into the book, but I'm just saying that's where this ended up going. It didn't go in the direction of like, let's have some provocative conversations around the fact like the Nazis were Christians and they persecuted other people. Like, no, that is 100 mm-hmm. percent never once said in any thing about. DC talk and the like Jesus.
1: I mean, so I told you it made me want to cry. There's just something so distressing about seeing Jewish people in like fe- behind fences, sort of like in mm-hmm. cages, with them seeing the words, What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? It's like, so offensive. That is like, and I like, I'm thinking of like, I have a friend who's Jewish. Uh, who's actually whose dad survived the Holocaust, and just like what that would be like for her to like, I just I want to like apologize In on these behalf three, of and these
2: three young men are cosplaying
1: mm-hmm. as people
2: imprisoned mm-hmm. for their faith, and like not actually reckoning with the history of like christians oppressing
0: people mm-hmm.
2: so it's really a big deal um you're you, i mean your big feelings are very warranted um but i think we, we should just like get into the song yes. you want to get into the song uh, yes definitely. okay so i think we should take turns reading some of the lyrics Kay. okay do you have them on your on your phone okay the intro is just what will people think when they hear that i'm a jesus freak what will people do when they find out it's true okay so there's that and then chrispin I really want to know your thoughts on this next part, okay? Okay. Verse one. It's Michael Tate singing, okay? Mm-hmm. He says, Separated, I cut myself clean from a past that comes back in my darkest of dreams. Been apprehended by a spiritual force and a grace that replaced all the me I've
1: divorced. <laughs> you knew that I would love to talk Tell
2: about this. Tell me about Okay,
1: this. so there's so much here, uh-huh. just in those four uh-huh. lines. One is there's that, like, that... Um, testimony narrative right like I used to be really bad and now I'm really good there is this like you can see this like binary thinking Mm -hmm. of like I was really bad right and now that's totally gone I cut um, so, myself
2: clean from myself. Mm-hmm. I've divorced myself. Uh huh. And yes. it comes back to haunt me in my darkest of dreams. I'm like, what? Right. Yes.
1: Uh huh. And this is seen
2: as like totally normal. Yes, you must divorce yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: divorce yourself, Crispin?
1: Right. What and I heck? think that has like two two implications. One is that part of like, I'm going to like sacrifice myself to the point of death. Yes. But I think there's also this sense of like, me as a person, should not exist in the world.
2: Exactly. That's what it's saying. Mm-hmm. I don't, and you must kill you, mm-hmm. right? You have to cut yourself clean mm-hmm. from your actual body, desires, feelings, and thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And give right. everything to God
1: mm-hmm. if you're a Jesus freak. Right. And like anything that is of you is so, is from the darkest of dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this idea of like being human and like even like. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, making mistakes or whatever. And it gets equated to, like, if it's not exactly, like, this pure picture of Jesus, it means that it's really, really bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think it's a very upsetting line that people just kind of, like, gloss over. But Mm -hmm. it speaks to this, like, oh, no. In order to be a Jesus freak, you must cut yourself clean, like, from yourself and
1: divorce yourself. Okay. I Mm -hmm. want you
2: to then say the next part.
1: Uh, you you want me to say yes, this part? Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> say it.
1: I mean, everybody's going to be wrapping this in their heads, right? Okay. I saw a man with a tat on his big fat belly. It wiggled around like marmalade jelly. It took me a while to catch what it said because I had to match the rhythm of his belly with my head. Jesus saves is what it raved in a typical tattoo green. He stood on a box in the middle of the city and he claimed he had a dream.
2: Okay, stop. When I was a kid, when I was 11, this is my favorite part of this song, uh-huh. okay? Yeah. It's a rap. I saw a man with the on his big fat belly and <laughs> wiggling around like marmalade <laughs> like jelly, you know? Uh-huh. Um, What stands out to you the most? I, I don't, I don't, just, just right off the top of your head, what stands out the most to you?
1: Well, re-listening to it now is he claimed he had a dream.
2: Right? So, mm-hmm. So in our head, right, you see, it's like a street... Preacher is basically what they're talking Mm -hmm. about, right? Somebody who stands on the street corner and is preaching the gospel, which is basically just a mentally ill person like Mm -hmm. yelling about the end of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And yelling that you need to become a Christian. That's Mm -hmm. what I think. Um, Who also like has a belly and you can see a (laughs) tattoo on it. Um, but like, have you ever so
1: he's shirtless?
2: Yeah, a shirtless person Uh they would have to be white because how else could you see green a green tattoo uh
1: i like that Um, you're really analyzing when
2: have you ever seen a green tattoo
1: Mm. ever well i get it like it's it's like when tattoos get older and faded it can look kind of green
2: i would never say green i would say blue he just did it to rhyme with he claimed he had a green (laughs) which is so weird I don't know anybody with a green tattoo.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: you know what I mean? But it's I, typical.
1: But typical I, tattoo green.
2: Can you see my tattoo right now?
1: Uh-huh.
2: I have a tattoo over my heart. I mean, not quite over my heart. That's a J in a heart because it stands for Jesus is my heart. I got mm-hmm. that when I was 17 years old and dropped out of Bible college for the first time. Uh, so I guess this you know, stood in my head. Because then I wanted to get a tattoo that somehow signified Mm. that I'm still a Jesus freak. Mm -hmm. I still love Jesus, even though I couldn't hack it at a Pentecostal Bible college. Um, But yeah, so like we have this image of this street preacher, which, you know, I just wrote this book about Dorothy Day. It really makes me think about her co-founder of the Catholic worker movement, Peter Morin, mm. who was like, loved to go to Union Square in New York city in the 1930s. And like tons of, there's like this whole culture back then, right. Mm, of
0: mm-hmm.
2: people were selling their newspapers. They were like proclaiming their radical ideas. They had all these like poems and like
0: mm. things
2: that they would share and their like pockets would be stuffed and they'd stand on these soap boxes. And, you know, people were like, they considered themselves to be like really great orators and rhetoricians and like propagandists and agitators. And Peter Moore was like that, um, and I feel like that's sort of what they're talking about. But it's also in like the '90s, like people who were doing that were mentally ill people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I heard this, I what 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 I was really struck by is so they're making this reference to Dr. King, and oh, at his, the very
2: end, he claimed he had a dream.
1: Yes, right.
2: Yes, which is absolutely a, an allusion to. Dr. Martin Luther King, and they're acquitting what he did to
1: a, right. st- a street corner preacher? Well, not only that, but as I was listening to it, I was like, Dr. King's message is, in my mind, the opposite of someone who's on a street corner yelling, Jesus saves, and you have to put your faith in yes. Jesus, or you're going to burn. absolutely
2: the opposite. And to me... I don't even know why it's in there, except I think DC Talk does this a lot. They do these weird little allusions to Dr. King
1: mm-hmm. throughout their
2: work, and it never-
1: Or huge allusions, like naming yes, <laughs> naming an album free at last.
2: I mean, you're right. I, I think somebody but could anyway. write their entire dissertation on how DC Talk interacted with the legacy and work of Dr. King, because mm-hmm. it's not good. But it's very similar to, like, what Billy Graham would do, right? You Like, you capitalize it on it if it suits your aim, and it mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're doing some racial inclusion.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when
2: in reality, you're just, like, totally watering down and messing up what Dr. King was actually l- talking about. Okay. Um, so then th- then they just say things like, you know... What will people think when they hear me, Jesus Freak? You know, I don't really care if they label me a Jesus Freak. There ain't no disguise in the truth. You know, no, I ain't hiding the truth. And then uh, Kevin Max and Toby Mack do a little, little thing. I'm going to read it for you, okay? Okay. It says, Kamikaze, my death is gain. I've been marked by my maker, a peculiar display. The high and lofty, they see me as weak because I won't live and die for the power they seek. So the kamikaze thing is kind of intense, mm-hmm. right? And
1: mm-hmm. I mean, do you know what kamikaze is? Yes. Uh-huh. That
2: is like basically suicide.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Well like suicide bombers, bombing. right. Who would like so they would they would die but towards an end of killing more people.
2: Right. So they're saying like suicide bombing is great, my mm-hmm. death is my game, but you have to like kill yourself, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you've been marked by God. For a peculiar design, basically, right? Yeah,
1: I didn't understand. I was trying to figure out what this means a peculiar display. Like, I guess it means of like self sacrifice as a way of like rather than holding power. Yeah. Right?
2: Because I loved that last part when I, even when I was a kid, like the high and the lofty, they see me as weak because I won't live and die for the power they seek. I was mm-hmm. like, yes. Like, we don't want the world's power. I, mm-hmm. Truly believed that's what Christians thought. Like mm-hmm. Christians would never capitulate to power. Like Christians would never want power. Like we would die before that.
1: Just as we're talking about this, I, all that is coming to mind is that picture of Michael Tate in Trump's White House with him.
2: Yes. That's what I'm saying. I believed this song Mm -hmm. for what they said. Mm -hmm. Like, you die to yourself. You live sold out for God. And, like, you will always confuse the powers of the world. Mm -hmm. They will never understand you. They always think you're weak, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't live according to the powers of this world. Mm -hmm. They mean nothing to us. That's how I interpreted it.
1: Uh Uh-huh, right, yeah. And
2: that's, like, supposedly what all these stories of the martyrs and stuff were saying. It's, like, yeah, government Mm -hmm. is always going to be against you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: now, right,
0: mm-hmm. all these
2: stories of persecution just fueled Christians into being really scared and voting for Republicans and mm-hmm. being like, actually, we don't, we don't want to be martyrs. We 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 would actually like to have the power now. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like been a huge shift, I think. Um, do you want to say the verse about John the Baptist? Because yeah. now we go to John the Baptist, okay?
1: Right. Which. For for one, I think this is another example. You know, they use, uh, it's, it's the same pre-chorus. So I feel like they're making an equivalent to John the Baptist to the guy in the park yelling.
2: Marmalade jelly?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Which yes. I think is problematic. There was a man from the desert with naps in his head. The sand that he walked was also his bed. The words that he spoke made the people assume there wasn't too much left in the upper room. With skins on his back and hair on his face. They thought he was strange. Oh, I thought it was I thought he was crazed. No. They thought he was strange by the locust he ate. You see, the Pharisees tripped when they heard him speak until the king took the head of this Jesus freak.
2: Okay, so they squashed a lot into that little verse. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? I don't understand the naps in his head. They're trying to say he has nappy hair, <laughs> I, I don't guess. Know. Um Obviously, we have some lovely anti-Semitic stuff in here with the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know.
1: With some slang.
2: And then I remember (laughs) the music video, Kevin Max, when he says this part, you know, until the king took the head of this Jesus freak. And he does like the head slicing. Uh uh And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? When you're a Jesus freak, you might get your head cut off. Because my mom had forced me to watch A Thief in the Night because my mom really did think the end times was coming and and that's how everybody died in that movie was the guillotine and so mm. I thought the guillotine all the Christians died right the mm. antichrist killed them by the guillotine so I like, when I heard this song I was like oh yeah the guillotine got him too like it's mm. coming for me came for John the Baptist that's like how most Christians throughout history have died
0: mm-hmm.
2: is by guillotine which now I know is not true <laughs> um, but I really did believe that uh huh Um, so
1: this song for you as a kid, Mm -hmm. like this can, like you had been told Mm -hmm. or like you had from various, from multiple sources, you'd been told like you are going to be martyred as a Christian, your head is going to be cut off. And then you listen to this DC talk song. I watched the
2: movies. I, my mom was super obsessed with the end times Mm -hmm. and we ran in charismatic circles where they did, you know, prophesy over that. Uh, Me specifically. Because I was a true believer. People Mm -hmm. could see that. My little Mm -hmm. autistic self, you know? I just believed. And so they're like, yeah, you are somebody who can last to the end. You know? Mm -hmm. You can die Mm -hmm. a martyr's death. And I was like, okay. I did not want to. But when that's like the only thing you're being told is the best way to be a Christian. And so Jesus Freak kind of came at a time where my mom had kind of calmed down on some of the end time stuff. But this kind of picked up that narrative. Mm. Even if the world isn't coming to end like right this second. Mm-hmm. um you know maybe a republican is in office so maybe the end times is not imminent but still we need to prepare and mm. if you look at some of like the other materials that came out with the jesus freak stuff like there's like a what is this is like a devotional book called live like a jesus freak and it, literally the headline is spend today as if it were your last. And this devotional book is like all about how can you live each day as if it's your last um, and give everything to God.
1: So I think it's worth pausing right here. Like DC talk, you know, was everywhere. This is like white evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. And we think of this as like mainstream sort of, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is just like, you know, a really common experience and I think it's really worth mentioning that this is really messed up to be giving this message, for you to get this message, mm-hmm. for kids to get this message, to be told, like, you are going to have to die for your faith.
2: Yeah, and I think what's, and this is something we can unpack throughout the season, it's like, not everybody, like, took it as seriously as I did. And mm-hmm. i definitely somebody who, like, has, like, continued, you know, psychological damage, I would say, from... The stress, my body just being in a constant state of stress, like Mm -hmm. live each day as if it's your last is literally telling you to live in fight or flight mode, you Mm -hmm. know, every day. And Mm -mm. I did. I've done that for decades to be a Jesus freak. And, And even when I didn't think the world was ending, I was like. I've got to be a missionary. I've got to live in low income housing with refugees. I've got to send my kids to the worst school in my city because that's mm. what a Jesus freak would do. I've got to run all these free programs. I've got to volunteer at church. I've got to raise hell on social media every freaking day about another horrible thing happening, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Because if you Jesus don't. Because do. if you don't, what does that mean?
2: I'm like, I'm giving up on God, and like God's counting on me. To be a Jesus freak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we just got really intense. But
1: but I think that's really, and this is kind of like where we wanted to go with this season. Yeah. Right? Is to think about how much pressure that is.
2: It's so much pressure. And we'll be unpacking that sort of like through a religious trauma Lens, but I mean I know you want to go really deep right now, but we have to get to the bridge. <laughs> okay. Crispin, we have to get to the bridge.
0: Uh-huh. Um the
2: bridge, which to me I was like have, have has there ever been a more cheesy line written
1: no. than this?
2: You want to say it? You want to do the honors? You want to say it?
1: Yes. People say I'm stri- I mean people are like People, Y'all listening, you're like, we already know. <laughs> People say I'm strange. Does it make me a stranger that my best friend was born in a manger?
0: Think <laughs> <laughs>
2: that our Christmas cards this year. What is? People say I'm strange. Does that make me a stranger? My best friend was born in a
1: manger. What's the worst part? The, the strange and stranger pun or the best friend part? Like the Jesus is my best friend.
2: Well, again, looking at me being an autistic, sheltered, intense child, I knew I was strange. So I love that part. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, people say I'm strange. Does this make (laughs) me a stranger? my best friend. And I was really lonely and I was really scared. And so I found a lot of comfort. I mean, I was scared about the end of the world Mm
0: -hmm. because that's a scary
2: thing. I was scared about getting my head chopped off. I was scared about being a Jesus freak and yet everybody was telling me like you have to be one you have to be one this is the only way to actually live this out in right. a way that is true to your convictions and I had really strong convictions so I was like of course I have to live it out and I took a lot of solace in thinking of Jesus like as my personal friend. Mm. and so i'm like yeah this this stuff was like catnip for me let's just mm-hmm. say that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i felt really cool listening to it
0: mm-hmm. like the
2: music video is kind of dark and scary but the music like if, if you're not watching the music video and you're just listening to the music you're like this is a bop you know mm-hmm. like this is right, like yeah. a jam.
0: Uh-huh. you
2: know like all the guitar yeah like, i was into it
1: mm-hmm. it made me feel happy mm-hmm. and like
2: i am weird and there's a
1: reason for it
2: and actually the reason is the cosmic Importance. Well,
1: I really relate to that part because I I did not really have friends until I yeah. was like fifteen. Uh, so also of a lonely childhood. I'm just yep. two two lonely kids who found each other. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I had a hard time making friends at school, um, and so in my mind it was always because I'm a Christian. Me too. Right. I think that's a
2: common story with with neurodivergent. Christian, you know, kids born into Christianity, like a high a controlled Christian environment. Um, just Anybody who has any sort of like part of them that would make them sort of marginalized in society. Mm-hmm. I can see how this really would resonate
1: with them. It's really interesting because it, yeah, it gives you an identity and a sense of belonging.
2: Oh, and a sense of purpose and a mm-hmm. sense of mission. I mean, there are reasons why we were all in. On evangelical Mm -hmm. Christianity. Like, there are real psychological reasons why. And huge parts of that are the Mm meaning-making, the identity formation. And to bring it back to DC Talk touring with Billy Graham, right? So they did all these crusades with him. And yes, he used the word crusades
0: Mm -hmm. for forever, which Mm -hmm. is wretched.
2: And DC Talk basically... Billy Graham was like, I will use DC Talk to get the youth to come to my mm-hmm. crusades and get people to make a decision. And, you know, people have like this really sort of weirdly nostalgic and like, oh, Billy Graham was great. Billy Graham was so great. Like, yeah, Franklin Graham, his son or whatever is terrible. But like Billy Graham was great. Billy was not <laughs> you, great.
1: You got beef with Billy Graham.
2: I have beef with Billy Graham and I know I've talked about this before but when I went and visited the offices of Christianity Today and like went to Wheaton College for the first time I was like what the hell like everything was basically like an homage to Billy Graham Mm -hmm. like being the best person that ever lived like done everything And I was like he was a man and he was very flawed and now you know there's so much more information about his horrible anti-Semitic views and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and Who's very wishy-washy on race and like
1: I I in my book I wrote about how he had a terrible, like I critiqued his gospel yep. illustration.
2: Yeah, you wrote yeah, you definitely wrote about Billy Graham uh-huh. in your book about attachment theology. And, and Billy Graham, his theology is like the backbone of the religion that we now would both like to dismantle. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, we are not friends of Billy Graham on this podcast at all. And the whole thing about DC Talk, originally being DC Talk in the One Way Band, is like, that's what Billy Graham's whole thing was about. We are the only way to eternal life. Mm. Every other way will lead you astray. I'm the only one who understands the will of God. You must do this or you will burn in hell for all of eternity. Like, nobody... Has has popularized like that view of hell in America, like Billy Graham.
1: Mm. Right? Yeah, that's such I didn't I mean, we always like to that. talk about
2: like these Southern preachers. I'm like, no, it was Billy Graham. Uh-huh. Billy Graham
1: toured mm-hmm. with DC
2: Talk. And like basically what they're doing is they are putting putting the fear of hell into people and reinforcing this is the only way to be a human. This is the only
1: right. way. And by saying it in a way, in a nice way of like, today you could be saved from hell.
2: Yeah, and so using this like Nirvana-esque grunge music
1: to mm-hmm. get
2: kids and young people who are at really tumultuous points in their life to sign up and make a lifetime commitment to this ideology and then tell them like, don't ever actually unpack this ideology. Just keep mm-hmm. going. Just be a Jesus freak and, and, and live sold out to Christ. And guess what, Crispin? When I was living sold out to Christ, I was in such a state of panic, I did not think about the tenets of Christianity. Mm. I was on mission for God, and there was so much wrong going on in the world, and so many refugees who needed free English classes, and so many, you know, things. I did not Mm. ever think about Billy Graham, Mm. and what it truly meant to say, we are the only ones will go to heaven and we're the only ones who understand god and now i'm just like man that sucks they got me they hooked me in when i was young Mm -hmm. and then they told me to be a jesus freak and i i ran myself ragged
1: Mm. yeah thinking about billy graham thinking about dc talk as the u.s became more and more pluralistic right like where you have a choice whether or not to go to church That's where, like, and the church is like losing power and losing control over this next generation. That's where Billy Graham's like, yeah, we need DC Talk because we need to regain control. Because we need to bring them in so that we can threaten them with hell. He was
2: like, California is just slipping into decadence. And you can see it Mm -hmm. everywhere you look. And I'm like, do you mean diversity? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean Mm -hmm. when you say decadence? Because, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
2: I I just am like, okay.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it just is really... like, striking to think, like, if your identity is a Jesus freak, what are the ways that that really helps pe- Christian leaders that are in power through, like, Billy Graham? Yeah, you okay. Know?
2: So, like, what people love to deconstruct is, like, people love to talk about purity culture. I don't blame them. Like, and we talk about, like, the true love weights pledges and stuff. I'm like, Jesus freak was a pledge. Mm-hmm. You, you, I mean, and your youth group was probably like, you could tell which kids were all in and which kids weren't. Mm -hmm. Were you going to be a Jesus freak or not? Right. And I was like, yeah, I will be. And then you're on this path, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it also sucks if you're not a Jesus freak. I think there's their own, it's, you know, there's their own baggage that comes with being like, actually, I don't want to do that. And I Mm
0: -hmm.
2: don't, and I'll I'll be talking to like my older sister at, at some point during this season because she... You know, we grew up with the same family, all that. And she was like, nope, (laughs) I don't want to be in Jesus Freak. And so it'll be great to talk to her just to get, you know, that perspective. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it was an unspoken pledge of sorts.
1: Mm -hmm. And the, the, I mean, you pick up on this in this album, you pick up on it in Free at Last. Like to be a Christian means to be against the political left. Like there are lots of signs along the way. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, we'll definitely see that in other ones. But I think the hard part about this song is it's sort of like again, I, I heard it as like, yeah, we are again like, we confuse all the powers of the world. Like mm. we never, it never crossed my mind that Billy Graham, Liberty University, Jerry Falwell. I you mean, know, like,
1: p- wh- who was president in '95? Clinton.
2: I don't even know.
1: Cause I was like. I mean, you know, this about confusing all the powers, but, like, Billy Graham was, like, you know, hanging out with all the presidents, right? Yeah.
2: Okay, here's the other thing. I know I keep coming back to this, but guess who uses the one-way tag at their own worship concerts and crusades?
1: Sean Foyt? Sean
2: Foyt! Mm. Like, one-way is a Christian nationalist race. Mm. There's no other way around it. And if you are still somebody who considers themselves a Christian, you have not thought through the supremacy of the phrase one way like mm-hmm. you need to you need to sit down and think about that because that is Sean Foyt's calling card it was mm-hmm. Billy Graham's calling card it was DC talks calling card and the fruits of this is rotten okay I have one more thing I need to tell you
1: okay which- it's 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 really I, I think something that is like really wild about this is my personal connections not outside the US uh, my my f- parents were missionaries in Southeast Asia, and this was their thing was like, if we can convert the powerful people to Christians, then they will wield their power towards Christianity. It's just, it's, I mean, I was just reflecting on my own history around it. It's like this this Christian supremacy is just, it is the heart of the white evangelical gospel. hmm
2: Okay, so we'll be talking about the book at some point, the Jesus Freaks books, right? Which were written by with the voice of the martyrs. So there's one that was published in 1989. That was the most famous one. Then they have the devotional in 2001, um, a blank journal. Okay, Jesus Freak journal 2001. They did a Jesus Freaks Volume Two in 2003. Now listen to this: Michael Tate and Toby Mac of DC Talk have also compiled stories, which they mean stories of martyrs and persecution. In the books Under God and Living Under God, both published in 2004, and was published by Wall Builders. Now, do you want to guess what Wall Builders is? (laughs)
1: Uh, I, something to do with, uh, the borders. Okay, so,
2: here's the Wikipedia article on Wall Builders, okay? Uh, David Barton is an evangelical Christian political activist and author. He is the founder of Wall Builders, LLC, a Texas-based organization that promotes pseudo-history about the religious basis of the United States. Barton has been described as a Christian nationalist. His work is devoted to advancing the idea that the United States was founded as an explicitly Christian nation and rejecting the consensus view that the United States Constitution calls for separation of church and state.
1: Um, where, where does the term wall builders come from? Well,
2: I mean, I'm sure it's about being in Texas. Uh-huh. And also, so he was a former vice chair of the Republican Party of Texas and served as a director of Keep the Promise, a political action committee that supported Ted Cruz in the 2016 election. So I'm just saying, Toby Mack and Michael Tate literally published books with him mm-hmm. in 2004. All about the persecution narrative mm-hmm. by this... Cr- Proud Christian nationalist
1: mm-hmm. from Texas. Right. Who has a,
2: so I'm like, guys, who is stop, who is st- like st- stop saying DC talk is fine. Like stop uh-huh. like we have to look at this. Mm-hmm. We have to look at this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Kevin Max didn't publish with wall builders. <laughs> so there's that. But still.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's just wild because what you see here is like we like well, one we'll with this, right? Going back to the video which we started talking about, mm-hmm. right? Of persecution, thinking about Jewish people in Germany mm-hmm. who were blamed and demonized, yep. right? And this, and
2: Christians were were being told to fear persecution from the Jewish people,
1: right? right? Uh huh. Well, just thinking about like that—that's what they're putting in this video mm-hmm. to garner this idea of Christians being persecuted to therefore exclude and demonize people at the southern border. And to
2: literally say there should be no separation of church and state and Mm -hmm. America is a Christian nation, has always been a Christian nation, and only Christians should be in charge of the United States of America. That is the white nationalist dream. That is what DC Talk has promoted. That's what they were promoting in this album Mm -hmm. in their tours with Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, we can see the fruits of it. It worked. Mm-hmm. It freaking worked. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to live with. Yeah. I didn't know this was going on. I just wanted to be a Jesus freak. And mm-hmm. I thought they meant it when they said we would confuse the powers of the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they went and published books with wall builders. It's just really upsetting, Chris. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: I need a cupcake.
1: <laughs>
2: I need to eat something nice. <laughs> I'm really stressed out. <laughs> this is going to be the theme of this series.
1: What, you're going to eat a dessert after every episode? It's going
2: to be a wild ride, is what yes. I'm saying. Right, yeah,
1: because we are going to talk about the political implications, but we're also going to be talking about what was it like to grow up in this setting Yeah, where there's this pressure to be a Jesus Yeah, freak. I'll stop
2: yelling at you guys now, but we are going to unpack some of the religious trauma elements. So
0: mm-hmm. I
2: think kind of the format we're going to do is like, One episode a month we're going to interview somebody about one of the songs on the album. And then the next episode we do is going to be you and I kind of discussing some of the religious trauma implications. So I'm looking forward to it. We're going to try and do this a little more trauma-informed and have a good conversation. As always, um, we can't do this without your support. We're just so happy for everybody who supports us on Patreon. But we need more people. So, you know, you can share this podcast. You can rate and review this podcast. You can join us on Patreon for $1.50 a month where we do uh, things every month. Like we just talked about the Rings of Power and I went on my Tolkien, you know.
1: Speaking of power.
2: Nerd deep dive. And Crispin said the most cringiest thing in that episode. Can I out you right now? Yes. I asked Crispin how he thought like Lord of the Rings ended. Like what happened to the Ring of Power. And Crispin, do you remember what you said?
1: I said they gave it to their eagle friend. Did they give it to
2: their friend? eagle friend? And so multiple patrons have reached out to say they were screaming in their cars or wherever they were listening, like, they gave it to their eagle friend. Like, that's what Crispin thought happens. But I, uh, people also said I was slightly cringe. I was. I mm. don't know that much. I just got really into World War One Tolkien. And I'm not like <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings, Tolkien. So oh, we all have our weird things right. that we yeah. get into. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, so yeah, if you join our Patreon, you can uh, you know listen to episodes like that.
1: Mm-hmm. We're going to
2: keep them coming. We're going to keep yeah. them coming. So thanks, guys, for supporting this.
1: Please please join us over there. We're having an extra conversation a month. Um, and it does, that support really helps us be able to do a lot of this stuff as well. So thank you all so much for your support, for listening um, and share with us your memories of this album. Yes, please. We would love, love, love to hear that. We'll be back soon. Talking more about DZ talk and Jesus freak. Bye. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. Become a Patreon supporter for as little as $1.50 a month and join our community with extra episodes and a Facebook group to talk about Jesus Freak, religious trauma, and growing up evangelical. We began this episode with a remix of Jesus Freak by Owl City. You can find us online at propheticimaginationstation.com as well as Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening.